Do you guys want to just jump right in? <laughs> kind of. This is weird. Um, it is weird. It's I haven't been a player in so long. Connor expectantly looking at Eric's video <laughs> feed and Eric looking surprised. Oh, right. I'm in charge. You wanted to call this one Enter Galericon? I, I mean, yeah, that's the one I'm banging around. We got time to okay. change that. <laughs> oh, no. As soon as the mic's on, he's not so confident. So, yeah, no. I mean, the reason we, I want to call it this is you, you coined the term Connor originally. Um, so, I, I for anyone listening, Galarian is the world that Pathfinder is set in. Um, I, as a, as a creator, I'm going to use that word loosely here. Ooh, yeah, um, careful. When I'm, when I'm playing, I, I don't know, I have a huge mental block when I'm like playing in Galarian. Cause like, it's like, if someone asks me a question of like, what's over that ridge? It's like, well, I gotta go look on the online and, uh, uh, well, oh, yeah. yeah, according to this guy, this, like, I, it's a, it's a big mental block. Whereas if I, in my own world that mimics Galarian, then I'm free to fuck around with anything I want. Make up a mm-hmm. whole city and stuff. Yeah. Make it like last wall is my last wall is different than the other Galarian. It's stolen a lot from it. I will flat out admit it's stolen a lot from it. Um, but I mean, I can use that to tell the story that I want to tell, or if there's an interesting bit of Galarian, I don't mind messing around with it because we're not in Galarian. We're in Galericon, Eric's Galarian. Um, so that's that's why we're in oh, Galarian. Oh, I understand now. Now, the when we did, um, what did we do? King of uh, Queen of the Crimson Throne? Curse of the Crimson called? Throne. Curse of the Crimson Throne. Was that in Galericon? No, because that was before I, I thought to do this. I have been, and like there are going to be people who I've told anecdotes about that from who are going to hear this people i know and and like i tell stories to i was convinced that you wrote that i had no idea of the concept of like (laughs) it was my first time playing a tabletop (laughs) rpg when we ran through that and so i had no concept of um pre-written stuff and i was like my buddy eric has been writing a fucking novel for us it's been amazing (laughs) and he's got this computer so good and and like the way you presented to us and like all this crazy stuff and there was enough kind of like why does that happen because it doesn't make sense it's like of course someone who hasn't had an editor go through it wrote this and then I found you told me what it was and I read up and I'm like we did a couple weird leaps of logic there but you you were pretty true to it and so I was like fuck <laughs> I have to like the people that you came to one of my sessions and played with Eric um, oh yeah I told them all about you running that and then later on I I explained to them I was like. I lied. He's not as cool as I thought he is. Next time you see him, feel free to tell him he's He's just an idiot that can barely read. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I fucked some stuff up in that campaign, but I think we did pretty good as a group. Um, It's fun, right? That's what this entire thing is about. It's about having fun. Yeah, and uh, we had a ton of fun. So yeah, Golaricon. Um, it let like I I like drawing maps too. I like world building, so I drew a couple of maps for the world, and. I've stolen some parts of Galarian that I've really enjoyed um, and kind of morphed it into my own so I can have my own story. And I, I'm going to be using APs, like um, Adventure Paths and Modules. Well, sorry, not Adventure Paths. I'm going to be using Modules uh, and interspersing them between bits of my own homebrew. Um, and that's the whole, whole plan for this campaign is using those modules and morphing them into what I want to tell a different story that's similar. Um, we're going to tackle some cool things, hopefully, if we can get through it all. 
I'm sure we'll have many opportunities to come do it with uh, yeah. you know, Kimball's situation. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not worried if we only get through some of it. There's there's one homebrew story that I've been wanting to run players through for a very long time. So I really hope we get to there. So, Captive audience, man. Yeah. yeah. We have to play it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really excited to go forward with this. So, uh, so what I've done is I've taken like the idea of Last Wall. Um, so in, in Galarian, Last Wall's whole whole reason exists is it's like a neutral country that is there to fight off orcs from uh, the holds of Belkzan and also to like watch over um, the Whispering Tyrant. He was like a big lich lord that came up and wrecked everyone's day and like uh all these or all these dwarves and humans gathered together to fight him off and they beat him and they sealed him in this his um tower so the people of last watch has been spending the last like 600 years or something stupid watching over and making sure he doesn't rise to power again so i've kind of scrapped the idea of the whispering tyrant and i've delved more into the orc thing so in galericon uh, orcs came up from the south and ravaged the lands of the north the lands of elves and humans and doors, and they fought back the orc menace, found did the the kingdom of um, Lastwall, and they all all the all the northern kingdoms send money and troops and food and supplies to Lastwall to man the wall for any other orcish uprising. Uh, where where our history starts, where our story starts, is about seventy years since the last big invasion, and the wall is getting beefed up like. Because it's 70 years, the human kingdoms are starting to go, is Last Wall important? Do we care about sending stuff? So they send bad people, like the, the criminals, just kind of like just like in Game of Thrones, like how criminals are sent to the wall. That's what the human people are doing. The elves and dwarves who have long memories still take it seriously. And like the dwarves just recently did a huge renovation of Vigil and it's the main city on the wall. Uh, huge fortifications to help make sure it never falls. So that's that's kind of how those what the country of Last Wall is like. It's it's mainly populated by humans, but there's lots of dwarves and elves um, pres, present there as well. It's a big mixing area because like there's still a lot of trade and stuff that would go through Last Wall to like get to other parts of the king. So it's a it's a kind of like a hub for everyone to put, away, put aside their differences for a common awesome some sort of melting pot. So the walls between two oceans, right? Yeah. So it's like uh, it's basically where the Straits of Gibraltar are. Uh, if it was the equivalent to us, the northern area is like Europe, and that's where all the humans and and then the orcs live in basically Africa. So it's kind of reminiscent of the Moorish invasions in my mind. Um, so is that racist? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. We have a raised hand. Historically, Leo. Hi. Yes. Um. Uh. Do rivers work like that? <laughs> yes. Which river? No, I'm looking at. I, I, we joked about this when we were talking about the map yesterday. But yeah, yeah. Like none of the rivers on here look nonsensical. But Eric is so worried that when we put this map up, someone's going to rip them to shreds. I had to get well, out ahead you've of that. Got, you've got rivers flowing from the left ocean through the Fangwood to the right ocean. Yeah, that's like the Mediterranean. It's the reverse of Mediterranean. Yeah. Like, okay, so it's not flowing out of the right ocean as well it's only flowing to the right ocean it flows to the left so it flows from the right ocean this, this, to the left yeah ocean. so the beacon of character <coughs> is on the smaller like it's an inner lake basically very similar to okay. galarian's inner sea region 
and then it flows out the inner sea has a little bit of spill which is that river so not a huge spill but a little bit of spill into the, uh west of the uh in shade forest yeah the so sorry care grimward side of the wall is the big ocean like the atlantic ocean basically so okay. it does have a little bit of spill because they're pretty much level but there's a little bit of seepage, right? You're going to have some some okay. seepage. Now, what does care mean? C-A-E-R? Care means mountain hold, if I'm not mistaken. Care okay. Morin being the, uh, the yeah, like, hold of like, the witchers. It's like Fortress Grimwald. Or okay. the, the beacon of care of Fortress Dunn. I forget. Gotcha. I found it. like the, I, I, I drew this map like three years ago. I was going to say. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's yeah. what I mean. I can remember you putting the last couple lines in on the, the ocean and showing me how you used GIMP. Well, we could still Christ, you drew all this? God yeah. damn. Yeah, but I, I drew all this. Eric has earned the title of King Dork. King. My next map is better, in my opinion. I think I did a better job on the next map. Christ, I'm just looking at the ocean, just just all the lines there. I did that when I was like, break at work. I would just be like, drawing on my break. It was mm-hmm. fun. Good time. Cool. It, it's, it's like, cool. fun to see how much better you are at this than me and most folks because it's like again you've been making maps like this for way longer you're the one who's been the most steeped in these games and shit and so yeah uh, i i mean fun to return to this these are these are heavily based off of like the tolkien maps i grew up on like the ones that are Mm -hmm. in his book and then there's a woman that there's a woman who drew an atlas I'm just flabbergasted that a human being did this, but like she drew an atlas of the entire Lord of the Rings. So you can flip through and you can see, she's like, yeah, they walked here. And, and there's all the, the major points of the books are written. Cool. And it's amazing. So it's like the, the door, they stopped here for lunch. And then they, then here is where the weather top was. And it's amazing. I'll show it to you guys. If we ever get to see each other in, in real life again. Um, oh, yeah. I think I have two copies Never. of it actually, this is it. but it was like this middle, like this middle-aged housewife was just like, you know what? I'm gonna draw the maps of like it's, it's amazing that she did this. Yeah. So I I flipped through her shit. And I I copy a lot of her style. It's just it's, it's simplistic. It's easy and it's nice. It looks nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, like all things you have two copies of. I get dibs. I assume because like I have your Pathfinder books. <laughs> I have yeah. I have all of your cool fables book, right? books. I have your core rule books. A shit ton of his okay. comics. Yeah, I was going to say, if anyone needs it, it's not you, and I've never opened it, so I will return it when I can. I actually wow. used the bestiary to do some of the planning for tonight. It's like the first time I've ever cracked it open. I hate you. See, when I got into these games, I got into them because I bought the fucking pocket bestiary for Pathfinder to have it. Because I wanted to like look at the cool monsters. And then you're telling me when you run games, you don't base it around the monsters? Never. Well, no, I, I look up the monsters online usually. And like when I was running Curse of the Crimson Throne, all the monsters are built in. So like I don't ha- I didn't need the bestiary. Um but I, I did I did pick a really cool one for your first monster to fight, so I'm excited for that from the bestiary. So I'm pumped. I wrote a whole five sitting, like twenty hour campaign around seeing a a, a a nothing shit beast. Like this it's a one quarter CR in fifth edition, which means that like a single level one player can take on four of them. Yeah. Um, it's called a Varguil and it is like a bat with a dead man's head. It's just like a screaming head with bat wings. It's like, how could I work that in? Looked into lore on it, looked into all that shit. 
and figured out what Gross. would play nicely with it. It looks cooler there than the fifth edition version. The fifth edition version is hilarious. And I was like, I need to put this on a token. It's a CR2 in Pathfinder. Probably. Everything's harder in Pathfinder. It's funny that you're so, mentioning Vargul because it's like my monster is right next to Vargul. But so. Uh, vampire. That's why I, that's why I was shit. like on that page because it's like, oh shit. <laughs> Convenient. I was going to say, if we, if I accidentally outed your thing, just edit around it, edit around it. Yeah, fuck you, Leo. I'm, uh, I'm going to be running some, what's the word, some griffins in uh, our campaign. Ooh. But they're going to be various types of griffin. Oh, that's I love exciting. that. One of my favorite things. My favorite one in particular is half seagull, half raccoon. <laughs> Trash griffin. <laughs> and the tagline for it is, would fight God for half a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There, see, that's the thing. I, I have... And Connor, and around this, I didn't mean to, to go full podcasty on our podcast, but I have a group where there's some younger kids, and one of the kids has played 3.5 since he could hold his head up. His family was super into cool. it. And uh, so like, I, I, we play online, so he sees a token, he's like, oh, is that this monster? And starts listing stats off, and I'm like, I made this monster up, kid. I just didn't want to draw a new token, so I used the thing that made sense. He's like, oh, it's going to do this. I'm like, it's not. And I don't know how to say that without sounding rude to you, kid, but like, you're wrong. <laughs> Back that up. <laughs> There's nothing I love more than the bestiary and then finding something you like the look of and thinking of what it should do and then reading how unimaginative wizards can be sometimes. Yeah. It's like this one has claws and teeth that multi-attacks. It's like, didn't you say it, it was so hot it could melt someone's armor if they attacked it with a close-range weapon? Why doesn't it breathe fire? Like, why doesn't it do anything? Why isn't that a rule for it, then? Yeah, it's like, uh, why is the, it, it's the number of monsters in 5th edition that are, like, crazy description, all these different things that it's immune against, and then it's like, on its actions, it has multi-attack. This creature makes one attack with its claws and one attacks with its bite. Or it, this creature uses its tail. That's because Wizards is super hard into flavor text and doesn't give a shit about anything else. Yeah. That's why magic Look at how they fun. print magic cards. They have no idea what power level is. It's meaningless to them. Like, this is cool. That's a fucking bird that makes tote gold. Like, cool. Oh, good. It's a mana ramp. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, tell us about who we are, why we are, where we are, and what we're doing. Okay. You all currently live and work at the rundown, flea-infested tavern called the Embassy of the Forgetful God. No, you don't serve drinks or make stew or clean rooms. Nothing so mundane. The tavern also serves as the headquarters of a small mercenary group. Uh, they're called the Ambassadors of Pain. The name needs a bit of work. Nice. The invention of the tavern owner, uh, Muranus Hewlett. He's a small human man, full of bad ideas. His current business is to find down-on-the-luck adventurers and recruit them to his mercenary group. He then hires them as guards, couriers, and really for any job that pays. He's just trying to keep the tavern over his head, his men fed, and some ale. That's, that's his entire business model. So you've all unfortunately found yourselves in, under his employ. Um, so now is the time for you to tell me about your characters and how you ended up working for Miranus Hewlett. I have a suggestion. Let's start with evilest alignment to goodest alignment, because that's kind of what we talked about before Taylor got here. Sure. Connor okay. and Taylor, um, you guys are there already, and today is my first day. 
Yeah. So Taylor, um, okay. we had a quick little chat about okay. it beforehand. And then you and I had a little back and forth earlier about we did. Um, your guy's super into books, right? Uh, I was going with that because I'm a monk of sorts. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd be out and about in the world trying to do like a research but not research like lore gathering i'm going out about the world to find stuff to bring back to the monastery or wherever i wherever my group is just to make books spread the word throughout the world okay now what god do you worship i have not chosen one yet because i did not get that far i assume a god of knowledge okay so i have good news Uh uh-huh we're going to worship the same God. Okay. We're going to work for the same sort of deal because my God, Nethys, handles true neutral as mm-hmm. well as uh, evil, which I happen to be. And perfect. Uh, it's the God of knowledge, Nethys. which is super useful. Um, and more mm-hmm. importantly, my character is mm-hmm. a cleric, a gnome obsessed with knowledge and destruction. He's also a bookmaker. So he copies down all the information he comes across to bring back to the monastery, much like you might. Um, so yeah, my, no- my gnome is Earcon Bert, nickname Bert, last uh-huh. name Spibe- Spinebender, as a gnome of knowledge. Gnome of knowledge. Um, I'm not sure why, but Eric has requested that we be particular alignments. Okay. Uh, so I'm a neutral evil. And again, I worship Nethys as that was the most fitting god that I could find. and Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm an elf. Gnome. I'm a weak, weak gnome. <laughs> an elf, lawful neutral. An monk. elf monk. Who apparently worships Nethys and jerks off to old toes. Mm-hmm. Gotta get my rocks off somehow. So yeah, uh, I'll be playing an evil cleric, an evil gnome cleric, which is a bunch of weird things I never thought I would say Is together. that like Oathbreaker? What's... Uh... What's the archetype there? Or are we getting that deep right now? Um, I don't believe there is an archetype in particular. Uh, I just, I do, my channel energy is evil instead of good. So I can't heal with it. Or I can harm. Um, I've also taken the dread gnome little archetype for the character. Uh, it gives me... I think I dated a dread gnome. Christ. Poison <laughs> saves and I'm surly and just kind of shitty. So... <laughs> so how did you two end up working for Moranis then? Did you did you just like run out of money on your travels and be like, ooh, I got robbed to make money? Like what happened? Can I I was gonna say maybe he has a book you guys were looking for and you're doing a long con. Uh I would not be doing any con. <laughs> yeah, I'm lawful. He's lawful, yeah. right? Lawful neutral. Yeah, yeah. I am lawful. Lawful? Fuck. Yeah. Alright. So we're an unlikely pair, yeah. but we do work for the same overarching religious deity and then now obviously mm-hmm. we found ourselves together with this mercenary group uh seems like we got robbed and we need some money so we we come from opposite chapters i work by care done you work by care grim work that makes sense though because with with uh what i was thinking for starting off with uh care grim as well is that it's a little seedier so it makes sense that our evil would come to vigil from Grimoire. I, I haven't really gone that far into my backstory yet. I figured that would develop. Neither have I. I'm, this is all up on the fly. Now again, can you give me the first name one more time? Ircon Bert. Ircon Bert. Is the E-O-R-Con-Bert. emphasis there on the Bert? Like, is, is that, that emphasis where you're over-enunciating Bert at the end? That's what you want? Ircon yep. Bert? 
Eric Con Burt. Okay. So Burt. Burt. Like okay. Ernie. Uh, he's got a last name that you've given him too, yeah? Yep. Spinebender. Spinebender. I love it. As a book gnome. All right, Liam, introduce us to your character. Oh, we need a little more from uh, from our other... Yeah, we didn't get his name. From our monk there. He's. I, I see him I see him writing down. Oh, sorry. Uh, my name's Fallon Moore. Been more or less with my chapter of Nethys. We'll make up an actual name for whatever I'm from later. Uh, for probably like 60-ish years. Not really high in the order or anything. That's why I got shoot out to go do things it's a lot to work with i think it's a lots of we can do in the future with that too um i'm not gonna do the voice until we're all in the same room as characters uh leave it as a surprise but um my character my character's name is solomon uh uh oh gosh my last name um oh yeah sorry solomon holtor um, Why do you do this to yourself? His, uh, he is an arena-bred half-orc um, from uh, an illegal fighting ring in uh, in Care Grimoire. Um, uh, by reaching age 18, which he is only a few months out from, uh, in the training he was taught a bunch of combat stuff, but he showed an ineptitude for magic um, with a sorcerer's bloodline apparently flowing through one of the halves of his half-orc backgrounds. Um, and it turned out that in his first couple fights, he was not really suited for it. He was, he's big, he's, he's six feet tall, but he's not, uh, he's not much of a fighter. And his opponents ended up with a bit of this strange black ichor, this goo on them. And he was kind of then blacklisted from the fights right away. And the, the quote unquote owner, uh, had a contact and vigil that he wanted to kind of dump this, uh, nuisance of a kid on so you've been sold i've been sold but as our character who is playing chaotic good um he does <laughs> not really know that um the group he's fallen in with now that's uh bringing him to his first day here at this uh the ambassador of the forgetful god uh they call him low man like solo man is he just like oh i have a nickname but they're just he's a half orc and so they're just kind of it's a name they used to shit on him, but he's bright eyed, he's bushy tailed, and he won't uh he won't be he won't be catching catching on to that for a while. Um and so any of the like weird evil stuff Connor's gonna have to do, it won't have to be as secretive because he can get away with it based on like the naivete I'm hoping to bring with uh mm-hmm. with uh Holtor. So And he's a sorcerer. Um bloodline I don't know if I should say right off the bat. No, let's leave that for now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a bit of a mystery to him, and he's uh, he's still figuring it out a bit, but it is... Uh, so you're a sorcerer, right? I'm a sorcerer, yeah. You guys ready for the next part? Okay, so... Wait, sorry, I have one question. What was the guy's name that owns this place? Moranis? Moranis Hewlett. Hewlett. Wait. Mr. Hewlett. <laughs> okay. Rick Moranis? Uh, that's by accident. It's not supposed to be like Moranis. Okay. It's like it's supposed to be like someone else. So he owns. Yeah, it's called the Embassy of the Forgetful God, and you guys Embassy. are all called the Ambassadors of Pain. That's that such pain. a fucking edge lord name. Yeah, Muranus isn't the brightest guy. Okay, so you're all sitting in the common room of the Embassy, uh, having like a morning ale, maybe some food. Um, 
you see Muranis enter. His office is like up some stairs. He enters into the common room and he's conversing with another uh, another person who's following him. Somebody you guys have never seen before. They're deep in conversation. The man is dressed in dark gray cloaks um, with little adornment. Um, can you, does anyone have a knowledge religion check? I do. Give me, give me a roll. And, uh, and then the other two guys do a perception check. I got to get my dice out. I haven't used them in a while. Mm-hmm. 13 for me. It's going to be a 15 for a perception. Okay. 22 knowledge religion. Okay, great. Okay, so Connor, right away, um, like this, you look at this person, you're like, oh, that's, that looks like he's probably a priest of Phrasma. Um, Phrasma is uh, the god of the underworld, basically. It's a neutral god. Um, she overs- She's one of the oldest gods. She's one of the most powerful, apparently. She oversees the underworld. And this looks like a, one of her priests. Um, there is a fairly large uh, following in, in Throne Step, where you guys are. Um, so, I mean, you've seen them around town, especially. So you know quite a bit about the religion. Okay. The other two guys with your perception checks, you kind of hear a little bit of what's going on. You can kind of tell that this is a potential client for Moranis. So Moranis and the Mystery Man are making their way, uh, talking to other members of the of the mercenary group in the tavern. They breeze past Jermak the Bold, uh, hero of Kabob Past. Uh, they barely say five words to Bred the Barbarian. He's a disemboweler of Ukraine, the fierce giant, and they barely talk to him. They stop and talk with Douglas and Mal Kostnils. That's a husband and wife team. They're famous for stealing the jeweled necklace of Barbara Way, the queen of Essenal. So they, they seem to talk to everyone in the place for a few minutes. Um, the cloak man doesn't seem impressed. He'll shake his head, maybe have a look of frustration. You're all watching this as this happens. Um, now, so Muranis now walks up to uh, Lowman and says, Oh, hi there, Lowman. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to Kierkegaard. Uh, he's a potential potential client. He just wants to meet some of the uh, available people. Why don't you tell him of, of uh, your skills? Well, uh, morning. Uh, uh, good, good morning there, uh, Mr. Hewlett. Um, uh, Christ. And, and, and sorry, it was, it, was, it was Kierkegaard, Mr. Kierkegaard. I, um, yes, it's Kierkegaard. It, 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 it rightly is a pleasure. Um, I am... My name is Solomon. Um, the, the the friendly folks around here started calling me Low Man. Um, I am uh, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a fighter. Um, I, I've got a I'm told I have a, a small knack for it, but I am uh, I found recently I am a bit magically adept, and I uh, I uh, I sat here uh, with these. Two who have not seemed to have said a word to me. Because, um, this was the seat that was farthest away from the uh, the rest of them. <laughs> Shut up, Liam! Again. Oh, that's such a good voice. You immediately made Taylor piss himself. Oh, I'm crazy! I'm crazy. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Mr. Kierkegaard. I I realize that might not have answered your question. I'm uh, sorry. It's. I've only been here a few days. Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm fit to speak for the others, but I'm, I'm, I'm told I'm a sorcerer, although I'm not sure what that means quite yet. That's interesting, young man. I think that could be something we could explore together. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, Miranis now turns to uh, Fallon and says, "Uh, Fallon, more the this is a uh, Kirkyard. He, 
he'd like to just ask you a few questions. Uh, sorry, I lost my way here. Oh, sorry. It's okay, I was trying to think of a voice. Also, fuck you for rhyming off 13 yeah. names. We are never seeing them again. I cannot write that fast. I watched Eric's face as he did it. He knew what he was doing. You don't doing. need to know any of those names. They're just jokes. Dickhead. <laughs> Bobo and Mabo. <laughs> I, I wasn't Carter, even paying attention to it. I'm like, oh God, I have to write this. You need to bleep, bleep all of them out. <laughs> he barely looks at me and me. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay, sorry. Let's redo. Let's redo. Um, Coming into uh, Fallon. Let's do. I, I lost my way in the notes here. I don't want to reintroduce Fallon. I want to do Bert actually. Um, Editor's note. Uh, so, uh, so next we have a, uh, I guess, uh, the Bert. Uh, hi Bert. Not nice of you to show up after last time. You know, I mean, with all the the damages and expenses, I'm glad here you're here. And then Kierkegaard cuts Moranis off. He's like, oh, stop talking. You no, tell me, what god do you serve? I serve Nethys. Kermit E. Frog. Don't. <laughs> uh, Nethys, you say? Yes. Hmm. Uh, I know a little bit about him. He's a newer god, is he not? Oh, yes. Oh, no, no, no. Nethys is an old god, the god of knowledge and destruction. Destruction, you say? Oh, yes. Hmm. No wonder you cause a lot of damages and expenses. Hey, Moranis? And he kind of, like, elbows Moranis a little bit, and Moranis, like, just puts his hand in his face a little bit, and like, yeah, yeah, expensive. I do nothing uh, that is not worthwhile. Interesting. Well, thank you, young uh, small friend. Uh, Moranis then now turns to Fallon more and says, uh, Fallon, we have Fallon here. Uh, he's the gem of the stables currently. There's no one better at, uh, he fetches a high price, but you'll not be disappointed. He makes a fabulous stew from found herbs and rabbits. Nothing like traveling with a good cook, I say. I'm not interested in his cooking. What other talents do you possess, young fellow? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, just very slowly, like, Fallon's going to kind of like look up because during this whole thing, he's just been... (laughs) <laughs> eyes deep in a book you have to leave that pause reading old notes making notations and everything he's like i wish we did cameras oh sir were you were you talking to me i do apologize could you repeat who are you oh sorry i didn't notice that you were an elf i assumed you were a young man uh i'm i'm clerk of god no sir i've walked this earth for oh, an old boy i see something like a hundred i am looking how old am I? I do believe I am the, at the young age of 117. I like the idea that he's looking for a note in his own book. That he's like, how old am I? <laughs> a few years on me, I believe. Uh, but I'm an old man and my, my bones aren't quite as spry as yours, I would assume. I've always been fond of speaking with uh, the fair folk. That's quite young. What skills do you possess in it? In an adventure of travel and intrigue, what? How would you help me? Uh, what's the layout of the room right now? Um, it's like a pretty big room. There's like tables all over the place. There's a hearth. People like talking. There's a bar. Is he holding anything, or was he holding anything? Or a... he's he's dressed in like robes, and his hands are like tucked in his um his long sleeves, and like his hood's down, but he's got a big hood. Oh, I'm no slouch in a fight. That's how we 
came to this lovely abode. I can't speak for my brother from across the the inland area, but uh, I know my way around a fight, I guess. Maybe. Not quite particular for it. I think I've swifted accents about three or four times. <clears throat> Whatever. I'm trying. No, no, you've, you've stuck to it pretty well. More consistent than Marx's accent. No, you're doing great. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> well, thank you. It's very enlightening. Uh, Miranis, can we retreat to your office? We have a few things more to discuss. So the two men make their way through the last few mercenaries they hadn't talked to in the room. And once finished, they head back to Marantz's office, leaving you a few minutes to talk. Do you guys want to talk amongst yourselves for a second? Phelan? It was Phelan? Sorry, I, I, I saw you, I knew you had your nose deep in that book. I didn't want to didn't want to bother you. But since you've been interrupted all, already, can I can I bother you? Like you keep talking, all I see is Mater from Cars. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, go ahead. I despise that movie, so I will thank you to not reference it again. Um, what's the goddamn point? <laughs> The Toy Story worked because we cared about the toys and we interacted with them. The cars existing on their own means nothing. It takes all the value from them being alive. I have forgotten one sec. You, uh, you elven folk, you, uh, you, you live a mighty long time, right? Um, yes, indeed. Actually, I'm 155, just for future reference. 155, that's, I, 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 I just a few months ago, I, I turned 18 and I, um, I'm looking to do Dallas. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> I enjoy the joke. It's an that old stays in. porn naming convention. Debbie does Dallas. The fuck are you talking about? It's moving it's... on. <laughs> I'm moving on. No, yeah. okay. <laughs> ah, fuck. Um, uh, Mr. Moore, I've um. Fallon is fine. I've I've Fallon. Uh, thank you. Uh, that's my caddy. Um, again, my name my name's Solomon. Uh, You've I'm... mentioned. Have have you um have you ever seen a ghost in, in your in your time? Is it? Uh, I actually haven't left the monastery that often in recent years, so I'm gonna have to say no. I've I've not seen a ghost. And you've never seen someone that you knew, someone like a human who was who was a little less uh, less long alive after they had stopped being alive. You've never seen any uh, any trace of that. Do you mean undead? Because yes, there's. I've seen, I have seen the undead before. Uh, I've I've never seen something I would call undead. I'm I'm saying, have you ever seen someone that you've seen, but after you shouldn't be able to see them anymore? I've gone Do you mean like they faked their own death and then tried to go into hiding? No, uh, it uh, and Bert Bert. Um, he means a ghost. In, in yeah, in your in your books, you you see anything ever about about ghosts? Yes, yes, there are many ghosts. Oh, I thought you meant from personal experience. No, many ghosts. No, not from personal experience. No, from from personal experience. You ever seen a ghost? But but they <laughs> exist, right? Like you you guys you guys have all these books. I uh, I've only there are many recountings. Yes, ghosts are true. Ghosts are true. Okay, okay, that is um. Uh, and at that, I want to pull out the writ. Uh, this like little, <laughs> yeah, this tiny, <laughs> this tiny little ledger. It's like it's barely the size of like a, a college rule book, um, and it's it's got the writ, yeah, <laughs> written on the page. Um, it's uh, and it's 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 bound in like shit leather. It's it looks like it's tied all over the string. I'm just gonna open it up to like 
30 pages into the thing and just start writing down. And uh, you immediately have Bert's <laughs> attention. You also have my attention. <laughs> All I imagine is like a tally where like, <laughs> have we seen a ghost? Don't believe in ghosts. They're just like, two more for the beliefs. Yeah, it's literally like, the evidence is mounting. It's There's- like the biblical thing where it's like, Judah begat, blah, where it's like, Bert believes in ghosts. Phelan believes in ghosts. Who believes in Bert? Who believes in ghosts? Ten more people on the belief side than they're on the not belief side. This is, we're busting this case wide open. I'm a man of science. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he. I just start like good. scribbling down. Okay, so I'm going to cut you guys off there. I think that was good. Um, so after what only feels like a few minutes, Miranis ranches the room. He's got like a, a medieval version of a clipboard. Um, he, <laughs> he clears his throat. <clears> throat> uh, he addresses the eager crowd. Everyone's kind of heaped up because, I mean, this could be a job for them, right? All right, all right, you filthy curs. All you seem to do is eat and drink, eat and drink. It's a wonder I can keep you all fed. Luckily, we keep managing to reel in some suckers. This Kierkegaard fellow is hiring three of you to take him to vigil. I convinced him to pay three times the going rate for the job. All right, so, ah, uh, uh, Fallen, Moore, uh, Burt, Spinebender, and, uh, Loman. All right, Lo- Loman, yeah, yeah, I guess the new guy. Come on up, I got, come up to my office, I gotta talk to you three. But I was actually just starting this new book. I don't know if I'm quite ready to be leaving. Fallon, I'm a. I'm. Do you want lunch today? Do you, how do you oh think yes, yes. Lunch? Okay, yes. I'll be right. I'll be coming. I'm Get coming. up here, Mister Kierkegaard. Asked for us. Yes, Solomon. Right. Come along. Oh, all right. Oh, you guys get some jabs, and people, other people are like cajoling you, like, like, oh, good job, or I can't believe they're higher than gnome. You, you hear varying degrees of congratulations, or. Or snide remarks as you pass. That's surprising. I feel like I need to address this immediately with you, Connor. How long before I pick up the gnome? Like, when do you want that bit to happen? Because it's going to happen. I'm I'm a six foot whatever half orc, and you're a you're a little Kermit the Frog. Like, at what point do we freak <laughs> the mighty? Do we, we wait, wait. We wait. Okay. <laughs> so I gather my things and not the gnome. Jesus, this is the second <laughs> freak the mighty reference in our fucking podcast. I need to keep referring to it so people don't forget it exists. No one knows then what I it is. Crazy because I can't find exactly. it anywhere. <laughs> and if even I can't find it anywhere either, I feel like a psychotic. Carry on. So the three of you enter uh, Moranis's dim, uh, wooden paneled office. It's got maps on the walls, paper strewn about. Um, he has you sit in three chairs there in front of his desk. All right, let's uh, take attendance. Uh, Loman. Sitting right in the middle. Uh, present, sir. Uh, Fallon? Fallon Moore. Oh, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, I'm here. Okay, check. Uh, Bert. Uh, why? Why, Bert? Here. Bert, don't try to blow anything up while you're in here, okay? I'll wait. And I'm, I'm watching, I know how many books are on that shelf next to you, so don't, don't, I'm starting to talk like Loman with a southern <laughs> accent here. Your books are worthless to me. Don't you be taking those books? I know that there's three books there. I don't need them. Okay. Well, don't don't make fun of my books. Like those are. Could, could I borrow one? They're hardly. Fallon, I've had it up to here with you. Okay. I haven't had a chance to read many books. What with the? Can I borrow a couple books? If anyone else is borrowing a couple books, I mean, if it's a long way to vigil, I, I, 
I am not running a library here. I'm running the Ambassadors of Pain, a high-grade mercenary company. And you three make me look bad all the time, especially, well, not Lowman. I mean, it's your first day. I do believe you said I was the cream of the crop earlier. Like, I'm At pretty sure I heard stew. that. Okay. I thought that meant you make Still counts. Yeah, I, was trying to, I was trying to talk you up so I could hit him up for some more money when, I, when he wanted to hire you, and it worked. So that Kierkegaard fellow, he needs you all three to be ready first thing tomorrow morning. So make sure you're awake and ready to go. You can help yourself to any horses you need. Uh, if you need any equipment, go see uh, Deve. If you have any equipment needs. Vigil is only about one week away. So make haste, get in there safely, and head straight back. No side trips, you hear? I might have another job lined up, and I'm, I think I might need all hands on deck, okay? Mr. Hewlett, sir? Um, uh, what if, what if they're, I'm slipping into Irish. I used to be able to separate these. Southern's really easy. You just got to pull the drawl. Southern's, Southern's real easy. Mr. Hewlett, um, I guess, I guess my questions are twofold. Um, the first is you, there is a horse available for my particular condition. I know, um. Uh, on the way here, I was made to walk. Uh, are there are there any horses that won't be spooked by me? We have we have some well trained horses. Don't don't you worry, there, low man. I know you're new, but you're among friends here. Okay, like if you, as long as you keep doing good work, there's there's horses, there's equipment. Kirkyard's paying for everything, so don't don't worry. That's good because all all the horses coming out of out of Care Grimoire were um mighty skittish, and so I just I'm, I'm Oh, I've been thrown a couple times, and so I'm hoping hoping it'll be a uh, a might bit easier. And my second question is: Should the road to Vigil present any issues? You say no side trips, but if it is for the preservation of our uh, esteemed guest, should we not go through the mountains just south of here? The foothills before the actual uh, the actual mountains would make for a much safer passage than the standard road. Are we not? Is he concerned? I, I I just I feel like this was a very vague briefing, and, and from my from my training from before, we were taught to assess uh, threats that could come from multiple sides, and so I just wanted to know if you had thought of that, Mister Hewlett, sir. Well, man, you're I know you're new to this area. The the hills are more likely to contain bandits or goblins or wild things. the The roads a lot usually a lot safer. And I, I believe the main reason he's hiring us is it sounds like he has an important package to deliver down to Vigil. And he doesn't want any problems along the road, but the, the road's the quickest, fastest way there. So, you know, you shouldn't be going into those hills. Understood, sir. Thank you, sir. Now, Bert's here is the senior member of the company, so he's in charge. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess my better judgment, I think, like we're gonna go by seniority here, okay? So he's in charge. Hi, hi, Captain. Uh, every time you talk, I just regret, <laughs> regret, so many regrets. But wait, Mister Mister Hewlett, you're you're a captain's rank in in some sort of guard company, and I've been I've been referring to you as Mister. I do apologize, Captain. Uh, I'm sorry. Norman, I'm terribly sorry. Sir. Stop. I'm being facetious. I'm not do, certain. Do, I'm aware of what I was going to ask. Do you know what that means, Solomon? I. I believe it is uh, to be caddy for no reason other than humor, correct? Very good, Solomon. <laughs> All right. 
And that was that was funny. Then I do I do commend you on on the caliber. So- Solomon, camera. shut up. Uh, yes, sir, Mister Moore. Well, man, I know you got a lot to learn here. You don't have to call me Captain, Sir, or Muranus or Hewitt, as long as you talk to me respectfully and realize that I mean we're a partnership here. I'm trying to get you guys jobs so we both get paid. I mean, I am in charge, but you don't have to call me Captain. Who is the captain? <laughs> I was, I was. Uh, that was good. Very funny. Any other questions for Moranis? No. Let's go. Sorry, where are we going? You're traveling south from Throne to Step to, to Vigil, which is the main city on the wall itself. For those of us not looking at the map, so- Care Grimwald is lined up with vigil and the you, beacon of yeah Cairn you would have just south you probably would have passed actually no you we're gonna say that you uh traveled up to the eyes watchman and then came down yeah uh we'll okay. say that you did that so you you haven't been to vigil before um uh bert he might have in his travels i don't believe fallon moore would have at all um depends like it is throne step that your first stop from your, your the monastery taylor uh sure yeah, well, if you're, you. we're coming from north of here for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So yeah, um, I assume whatever the n- most northern nine watchmen, I would probably oh, no, no, hit. No, we'd be even further north than that. Yeah, like yeah. this is just a small, tiny piece, right? So like, there's all of Europe basically above this. Oh yeah, then we came from. I like the idea of everyone having hit the nine watchmen. So if we do end up in this world for a lot of episodes, we can like explore the near misses we had. Oh, there's going to be lots. Yeah, so like the Nine Watchmen, are, it's a large port city. Um, lots of traffic comes through there. A crazy thing, it's one city, it's three main districts, and there are nine, nine massive towers, and they, they call those the Watchmen. I thought that was just the darndest thing, having, uh, having not understood why it was called that. It's one town, why would it be nine of anything? But there are nine towers. So you're very talkative. I reckon from the map. Solomon. That was bang on yes. perfect. Shut up. <laughs> gathered all that from the map i'm so happy <laughs> uh it's said that the nine watchmen are watching against some sort of ancient evil and their their ancient powers have never fallen finale material once vigil falls um yeah any other questions for Miranda's before he kicks you over the nope i think we're good okay who is the captain <laughs> sorry <sighs> no we're good okay do you guys need to try to hit up anyone up for equipment or do you guys have any other like things to talk about amongst yourselves um i don't think so. can you name everyone again what was yeah just nice and clear for for the for posterity okay so where so there's bread the barbarian the disemboweler of you okay. green the fierce giant uh <laughs> dramak the bold hero of kebab pass uh there is douglas in mal costable they're the husband-wife team that are famous for stealing the jeweled necklace of Barbara Wiglin, the Queen of Essenal. What are these jokes? I don't see any of these places. The Green Giant. I, see... I, got, I got that, that one. one. Yeah, Red the Barbarian? The Green Giant. Red? But... <laughs> yeah. They're, they're funny to me, and I don't care if they're funny to anyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think the audience deserves to hear. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, explain them. You guys, you guys are in an embassy... And Murray. work for Murray. And there's Jermaine the Bull, okay. Brett the Barbarian, yep. Yep. Uh, Eugene the Fierce yep. Giant, uh, Doug and, and Mal, 
Flight of the fucking Concords. Bravra was a girl that both Jermaine yeah. and Brett tried to go after. Leggy blonde. Steve is the guy who you can get equipment mm-hmm. from. And Dave is the guy who runs the yep. pawn shop. Fuck yourself, Brett. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, Wonderful. Brett. I just can't. Okay. I can't do a New Zealand accent, otherwise I, I would have done it. New Zealand's so easy. I I try. It doesn't sound good when I try. No, New Zealand's tough. It's just monotone. I can say certain things like, go fuck yourself, Brit. But then it turns Irish. And I was like, what the fuck, Eric? You <laughs> suck. Go fuck yourself, Brit. So, you just got to keep every single word very short. We're swearwolves, not werewolves. No, we're <laughs> werewolves, not swearwolves. Oh, did you catch when Murray was having you guys do a test? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah just oh, like fuck, Murray. it's so good. I'm going to take it out so people don't. <laughs> No, right away, because <laughs> yeah. that's a fun little Easter egg. But yeah, uh, you brittle, brilliant bastard. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'd like us to have some fun with this yeah. one. We're gonna try to have like let's tone it down a little bit from our other campaign. Like, let's let's keep up the jokes and fun stuff, and I'll try to throw Easter eggs yeah, in where I cool. can. Dig it. Oh, you weren't. We weren't going for total seriousness when when we made these characters. <laughs> no, I. You mean Kermit the you've Frog? Had some great jokes so far. <laughs> I was so ready for Taylor having the opportunity to be the last one to do a voice for you to do your speaking voice and just be like, yes, I am an elf. Hello. <laughs> I am very old. <laughs> you can go fuck yourself. Go fuck so, yourself. No, right? I do not need any equipment from Dave. Perfect. So yeah, so you guys are, we'll just get some horses um, and you meet Kierkegaard the next morning. Uh, he greets you. Uh, he asks you to make sure that you all have a, like everything you need to hit the road. Um, do you have questions or anything for him? Do you mind if I read? What you do after the campfire and everything at the end of the day is fine, but I mean, during the day, you have to keep your eyes peeled, paying you to, you know, protect me on the road. Oh, yes, of course. So just, sorry, for, for, for our frame of reference, there's going to be just the four of us, a package and four horses? Yeah, and like the package, it's nothing, small thing that's in his saddlebag. You know, you, it's not yeah. like it's a cart or anything. It's just it's four horses, you guys, that's it. So there's not, like, wagons we can circle to make camp. It's going to just be, like, day, night, day, yeah, night, get but, off I mean, the road. Um, you know from your travel from the night in Washington, the areas, like, especially towards the main road, there you might not always be saying every night. Like, there's going to be inns and stuff along the way as well. So, I mean, like, some of it's going to be wild. It's just he's an old man. He doesn't want to make this travel alone. He wants some, some people with him in case someone tries to give him trouble. How fucking feel. Mr. Kierkegaard, was it? Mr. Kierkegaard. Yes. Um. Uh, I reckon we'll have uh, we'll be having someone watching nights. Is there uh, a particular um, uh, is there any particular way I could uh, I could have either first or last watch if that is in in the cards? I, I I'm sorry, I should be asking Bert this. Yeah, um, this isn't a question for me. However, the three of you wish to split up your your. I would very much like Mr. Mr. Bert, sir, um, if I could, uh, if I could be taken out of the first or the last watch. Um, I find being, being awake in the middle of the night is, uh, something that has not sat well with my constitution in the past. It depends on how the day goes, but realistically, it should be fine. Alrighty, alrighty. And on a, on another note, Mr. Kierkegaard, and I'm going to, if we're on our horses already, I'm going to like ride up in front with him, uh, and I'm going to start asking him if he knows about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do that later. We'll have, I, I, I cannot wait for that conversation. Let's not do it yet. Though. Let's do it. Oh my God. Yeah. When you're saying he's who he worships, I was like, I got to ask him. 
it's it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy. I can't wait to have that conversation. Let's save that for next next episode. I feel like you might be in reverence of him. Yeah. Uh, for the first little bit, that you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can add him to the tally yet. I'm gonna like, ride my horse like half a horse length behind him, so like shoulder to hip on the two horses. So it's I'm not like close enough to converse <clears> with him. But not far enough away that it's like I'm giving him space. I'm just kind of like nervously. I haven't cried laughing in a long time. It's been a while. But that was fucking gold. I was so good. You are like one of the only people that can make me do that. (laughs) (laughs) Grew up tiny. Got to be very funny. All right. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) could ask him if he knows about ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anyone who like plays Pathfinder who, who's listening is going to be like, I know what his bloodline is. <laughs> um, and it, it feels so silly keeping it a secret, but I love it. Um, I also made a token, and it, it's I don't I know we don't need it for what we're doing, but it's the vampire token from nice. Two Minute Token Editor, cool. but I made him green. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, um, I I look for the the sturdiest both mentally and physically looking uh, Corsair that I can find in the stables and ride along. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys all get, like, just regular run-of-the-mill horses. Like, I'm sure Bert gets a pony. I was going to say, I'm going to need a pony. Yeah, so you guys saddle up, you get your gear together. Well, I saddle up my horse and I ride out of the city. You do. So you all. So eventually you guys all walk through the, the town. Uh, it's uneventful. There's no suspicious-looking people following you or anything. In the do we town. have to take a ferry uh, out of Thronestep? Yeah, eventually you all cram onto a ferry. Uh, it's taking you across the lake surrounding Throne Step. The boat's crowded. There's merchants with wagon loads of goods. Uh, soldiers undoubtedly heading to the wall. A few half orcs held in one corner trying to mind their own. Uh, there's even a halfling family. Uh, they're, they're talking loudly and boisterously about their big move to a new lord uh, to take over his massive gardens. The boat's alive with hustle and bustle of everyday people, except for Kierkegaard. He seems to be in a sour mood. You can tell he's really guarding his pack intently. So eventually the ferry lands in this small town that's simply known as Landing. Uh, for some, this small town was their destination. Others, their journey is just beginning, such as yourself. Oh, the whole time on the boat, I had I, I very deliberately opened that little notebook to a page that was very clearly like dog-eared. Um, and I'm writing on that page, kind of in the middle of everything. Okay, cool. Any, well, I want to do anything on the boat at all. We're going to just keep plugging along. Uh, just size everybody up. But that's yeah, the usual. You did mention the half orcs, but yeah, no. I mean nothing suspicious. There's everyone's. Uh, it seems like they're they're minding their own business. So you end up traveling the same way as the halfling family and an iron merchant with a he has a, a couple guards with him and a large wagon stores of iron. They're both heading south with this. So I mean the the halfling family they have like all their worldly possessions with them. They're using. Um, have you guys ever seen the like the Chinese one wheeled carts? Yes. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. the husband and wife both have one of those types of carts, and they they have like six kids with them. Kids sometimes run alongside their parents. So you guys are kind of traveling with like not with them, but like around them. Same with the merchant. Like you guys are kind of like a little caravan, kind of formed like a little bit of a unit. So you can you guys do camp together at night, and you might talk along the road. Um, do you want to talk say anything specific to the iron merchant or the Halfling family? clamp jawed around the uh the families yeah i don't think i'd have much to say yeah you wouldn't really want to interact no, with them, i feel like no we're on a job here and more importantly not a friendly dude 
I feel like Kierkegaard would be a bit friendlier with like the family than he is with the iron merchants. So, but like everyone kind of shares and does food and stuff. So like you guys have some dealings with yeah, them. Like, nothing out of maybe it, you guys do the firewood one day. So, but like, yeah, so you guys aren't getting really close to these people at all. No, we look like mercenaries. Okay. Come on. And, so yeah. You, you guys would probably actually be like wearing like a doublet or something like uh something marking you as ambassadors of pain. <laughs> and it's like people would, some people might recognize that as a legitimate mercenary company. Be wary of you or talk you guys up because of that. Um, so eventually, after a few days, uh, you come to the crossroads. So to the west uh, is the road leading to the Nine Watchmen, and then to the south is the Way to Vigil. So the Iron Merchant heads off to the west, and the family, the Halfling family, has decided to stay in the village for a few more days, give their children a bit of a rest before making the last leg of their journey. The Halfling tells you guys if you ever want to look him up, He's on the Wash Keys estate. It's only a few days travel away. So he tells us to look him up on Fantasy Craigslist. 